This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 4, 2022. And didn't we have a spectacular day in the market today? That's two days in a row. I'm wondering, I'm thinking, does that mean something? And maybe we can get into that a little bit later. We have started the fourth quarter. There is no denying that the year has been very volatile, and it'll probably continue. I mean, look at what happened the last two days. I mean, it's it's every day we have lots of volatility. Very seldom do we see, how many days in a row have you seen the market kind of be flattish? Never. We haven't seen, but it should. Normally, it could go a week, two weeks, three weeks without doing very much, up or down, but we haven't seen that. We've been very, very volatile. So, just, I, I just trying to tell you that it's not a bad thing. It's not good when it's all down volatility, but volatility in and of itself is fine. You just got to learn to deal with it, to understand how to roll with it. Okay, but the holidays are on us. Everybody enjoys the coming holidays, and I think you'll like them better if you are confident about your portfolio, paying attention to your portfolio. I think you'll feel more comfortable you know, how to understand your portfolio, how to know if it's risky or not risky. I think once, you, once you're, you know, knowledge, having knowledge really helps greatly in dealing with something, you know, especially your money. You have to have the knowledge. I'm CPs, and I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy and the decisions you make concerning that strategy. Do you even have a strategy? Most people do. The strategy could be very simple. I want to grow my money. Or I want to earn dividends. You know, it's whatever strategy you want to implement. But you really should have one or at least understand that you have one. So that's what we're going to do. Try to help you understand. I'm here to help you understand what you're doing with your money, your invested dollars. And to do that, I have a phone number for you to ask questions. It's our anytime listener line number, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's 888-99-CHART. And, of course, I got a bunch of material we're going to talk about. My focus point today, has consumer demand already started to plunge? U.S. shippers report a 20% drop in ocean freight orders, including machinery, household products, industrial products, and apparel goods across the board. So, has demand already started to go down? Meanwhile, you know, we still have a lot of ships that have to be unloaded. They're still out there. We're backed up. Supply chain problems. That's not over with. It's just reduced. But you always want to look forward, don't we? As investors, you know I've said this a million times. You look forward. You don't look into the ships that are out there right today. You look at what the demand is for future shipping. And that's what this talking point's about. A very pertinent talking point. 
Of course, I got other things. I got some other things. I want to talk about the jobs openings report, maybe the inventory orders uh, that came out. How about, have, did you see Micron, Micron Technology a decision about the factory they're going to build or factories or a complex of factories they're going to build? They're going to spend $100 billion. And have we had capitulation or no capitulation in the stock market? And why do I even care? Those are things we're going to get to. I'm hoping to get to. Of course, there is also on the docket today our trivia question, and that will be coming up at the halfway point. So i got a pretty full play. I always try to make it plan for fullness, but, of course, you drive the show. I want to hear your calls. What do you want to talk about? Okay? Live, our number's live right now, 888-99-CHART. So what did the market do today? Well, it only went up, the Dow up 825 points. It's significant because yesterday was up, what, 600 or so? Then NASDAQ up 361 points. Then S&P 500, 113 point, points. Doesn't it make, I know it makes everybody, and I know it makes you uh, nervous, because it makes me nervous, that it has two huge updates, but that just makes me nervous. But it's a positive sign. When you have a big update and is followed through with another big update, that usually means that the sentiment is not as negative as it was before by investors and traders. Does that mean the market will now now want a bull run? No. No, it's way too early to tell that. But it is instructive. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It's instructive for all of us. So that's what the market did today. Why did it do that? Well, there's speculation that people are saying that maybe we've hit that pivot point in the federal funds, federal reserve and the federal funds rate they've been raising so strongly that maybe the tipping point is near. Remember, the Fed's not going to meet till the first part of November. Okay, so it's pretty far away that, that next meeting. But investors are speculating, but they did this before. And the market had a little rally. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking we just need to stay calm. Just stay calm. 888 chart is our number. Let's get right down to our first question right now. Hey, guys. Great show. Just checking in on Pfizer. P as in Paul. F as in Frank. E as in every. Anyway, I've had it for a long time, and I was thinking about selling it. But I don't know. Just sitting on the dividend. Just like to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. I I, I kind of like Pfizer. PFE, Pfizer, develops pharma, biopharmaceuticals products that offer medicines and vaccines in various therapeutic areas. Of course, they made a ton of money with COVID. They're going to make $6.50 a share this year. That's the most they've ever made. Next year, they're going to make $5.24, and it's a $44 stock. So the PE is what, 7 That's the lowest it's ever been. Based on next year's P, uh, earnings per share, the P is what? Eight, uh, eight times. So the P is probably about eight and a quarter, eight and a half. And the dividend yield is 3.6%. Return on equity is 36%. Uh, ma- management owns 1%. It's a 259, what, $249 billion company. And funds own 39% of it, and they've been buyers the last year. I, I don't, I, I, 
This would be a blue chip stock I would hold in my portfolio and just never sell. That's how I would look at it. You know, you get that dividend, and uh, you know it. I don't. It could easily go back up to sixty dollars a share, which is what its recent high. Okay, about two three months ago. Back well, it's even longer than that. I take that back. Back at the beginning of the year, it can easily go back up to there. I don't. You know, I mean, all you had to do is give it a ten PE, and you're at fifty two fifty three dollars based on next year's earnings, and ten PE is pretty reasonable. So it's a good value, pays good dividends, doesn't have much debt. It's got a lot of positives. I would keep it. We're headed into break. I welcome your financial and finance and investment questions now. No question is too simple or too complex. And, of course, you set the agenda. So give me a call. This is Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. So I know a lot of people are freaking out about the stock market right now. Uh, I'm taking a beating just like others, but uh, I'm super excited right now. I feel as if we're at a time in the market where we can start shopping deals on good names for the long-term outlook. My question to you is, since I've been implementing a cover call strategy, should I stop selling cover calls or raise my strike prices higher than normal and continue to implement the strategy? Um, what has been your approach in this environment with your equity income plus strategy? Thanks again. I'll listen on the podcast. No, I don't have a problem with the covered calls because they can earn you money, you know, uh, earn you premium every month. But you might also want to implement, you know, uh, Warren Buffett does does uh, 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 covered calls, naked calls. He does different things on options all the time, and he's made a lot of money. It might be, since we, I agree with you that it, there are some opportunities out there. Did you see how the commodities moved this last couple of days? Huge move, much bigger move than the market up. So, but what I'm saying is maybe if you're looking for stocks that you want to buy, you know, you can, you can, you can uh, use options to buy it at better prices if it goes down. And therefore, you don't necessarily own the stock, but maybe you can own it at a price that you want. Of course, now you're paying the premium when that happens. 
But you know, options, different types of options is always a valid strategy. Again, it's a strategy you decide, okay? And, and you stick with your strategy, but if you think it needs to change, then just change. If you're not sure, then stop doing options altogether until you feel more confident. That's what I would do. Okay. Uh, and I know most people don't know what covered calls are. I don't really want to get into explaining them too much. But basically, you covered means you own the stock. And a call option is mean that someone can call it away from you. And they'll pay you a premium to call it, usually at a cheaper price than it is selling at today. They'll call it away from you. so And they, you, they pay you a premium for that. And if it never, the price doesn't go down, then you get to put pocket the premium. And usually it's a 30 day option. That's how they, they all expire on the third Friday of the month. Anyways, uh, let's see. My focus point today. Okay, and there was a story, and it says Has consumer demand already started to plunge? Okay, and it's based on U.S. shippers are seeing a 20% drop in ocean freight orders, orders, and the declines are across the board. Machinery, household products, industrial products, you know, apparel, apparel products, and ocean carriers are canceling as much as 50% of the sailings to rebalance vessel capacity. They want to match it to demand. Remember, they have all those vessels that are full that are not quite, you know, they're still trying to get into ports to unload. So they, they can't put more vessels out there because they know that the demand is starting. They see demand going down. So they're making changes. Also, freight prices on, on some of the key routes from Asia to the West Coast are down more than 80% from last year. Of course, they got crazy last year, but they're down huge. This equals a, a, a conclusion of less demand. Now, maybe uh, there's too much inventory now. Whatever reason, if there's too much inventory and that makes for less demand, why is it too much inventory? Maybe consumers are not spending like they should. Or not even just consumers. How about businesses? So all I'm saying is this is a sign that Maybe and and you know and I'm, the Federal Reserve looks at this too. You know that I'm, we're not we're not I'm not bringing this up as breaking news. It's not, but the the Fed is looking for a break, right? They wanna they wanna slow down our economy. Isn't this a pretty big signpost saying it's gonna be slowing down in the future? That's what this is, and therefore Fed, do you have to be so aggressive raising rates? And the Fed, what are they at? The Fed fund rate at what, 3%, 3.25? Isn't that, uh, isn't that uh, neutral as far as money supply out there? Anyway. You're an investor. And if you're listening to Talk, I think you are very likely a serious investor. That means you're building that portfolio to add to your net worth. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What are the key factors that can impact your net worth? I'll supply the answers after the break. My Invest Talk phone line is open 888 99Chart.
You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. So we're a little early on our trivia question, but that's okay. Uh, I did ask a trivia question before the break, and it was, what are the key factors that can impact your net worth? So I got some factoids that I can share with you. Net worth is also measured in two ways, mean net worth and medium net worth. The mean net worth can be, you know, distorted because it takes it, it can have huge earnings. So you could be a, a Warren Buffett or a, a, a Musk, Elon Musk, and that's huge money. And, or you could be no money at all and it throws it off. So a median is probably a better way to measure as a, as a, a net worth. Okay, as far as who who we are here in the United States, but uh, the Federal Reserve says that there's generally a positive correlation between age and net worth. The older you get, the more you, the more of that worth you have. Also, another positive correlation is the more education you have, the more net worth you have. So, age, of course, that means time saving and investing your money. And education helps more and more and more to have you earn more, earn and save and grow your net worth. Now, of course, there's two parts of net worth, spending and savings, and try to spend, I've said this a bazillion times, spend less than you earn. It's that simple. Spend 10% less than you earn and invest the rest and you'll be wealthy. It just takes time. But you will be. And you gotta be disciplined enough to do that. And you gotta be disciplined because spending and saving, they're related, right? I mean, if you're spending too much, you certainly aren't saving anything. <laughs> you know, so so just you know, there's a you can be wealthy. It's not impossible. It's not I, I, the the person with the lowest income out there still also can still be wealthy if they spend ten percent less than they earn. That's much more difficult for them. But then again, remember, time and education means you can have more and more and more net worth as you get older. So don't drop out of school. Get an education. <laughs> you know, it's, this is not rocket science, people. It really isn't. It's just common sense. Common sense. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's go to Andre in Walnut Creek. How are you doing, Andre? Good. How are you? I'm good, and thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Hey, no, thanks for the show and uh, for taking my call. Uh, I had a couple questions, if I could. Uh, the first one, I kind of pivoted while I was listening to you talk about the Fed because uh, it, it, Fed is kind of a pet peeve of mine. I've been studying it since I got crushed in 08. I've uh, been really deep diving, um, reading a lot of material on it, a lot of books, uh, and not not just and the Fed, Fed books, but uh-huh. a, a lot of varied views on the Fed. And, and first of all, the Fed is not a federal, and they have no nope. reserves. So I'll, I'll just say that out loud. That's my opinion. <laughs> that I think is it's also both, a fact. Both the second true thing statements. is I don't think the Fed has a choice when it comes to interest rates. 
because if you look at the Fed spread, which is the difference between the uh, spread between the 30-day Treasuries, U.S. Treasuries rates, and um, the euro dollar, basically the corporate interest rate market, that that kind of determines the Fed's pivot point. And if you, if it's above one, which it was in 07, 08, if they don't act, there's going to be a credit crisis, which happened in 08. And in the last three months of this this year, uh, last three months recently, uh, it has breached one, going to 1.65 a few weeks ago until they did this rate uh, increase. So I think, first of all, just in general broad brushstrokes, I think the Fed is driven by the free market. They they have to raise rates. I so think if that's the case, we're, we're, okay, we're, uh, we're at the bottom of the interest rate cycle. We got mm-hmm. 40 years of up, just like in 1980 during the the generational boom for the boomers. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. we had r- lowering rates till now, and now we got 40 years of going up. Probably not at the extreme, but personally, I think it's good that the Fed is finally putting the brakes on this ridiculous. Uh, well, QE is part of what they're doing. They're doing tightening yeah. also, along with rate rate increases. It's about time. That, well, that's you, my, that's your my, key, uh, that your key word my, there my is rant. finally. Sorry, that wasn't my original question, but just based on hearing you talk about the Fed, I just had to chime in. Yeah, well, good points. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Finally, the Fed is. They should have started a year ago or more in my opinion. And I'm not looking back. I'm not saying, you know, looking back and saying, you know, backseat, you know, backseat driver or whatever. I been, I said that back then, that maybe we should start raising rates now. The rates are too low. The economy is really strong. And they felt that inflation was, you know, transient. And I didn't think that at all. Uh, but there's a, you, if you think about what you just said to me, Andre, and I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Do we really need the Fed? If it's driven, if the Fed's driven with what corporations are doing with bond rates and other types of rates, do we really need the Fed? And that's a, that's a valid point that no one really talks about too much. I'm not saying we don't need them. I'm saying, you know what? They always seem to be late in whatever they do, raising or lowering. And... We do have multi, I think, several decades of increasing rates. Not all at one time, not on one direction, but up. It's going to be up. It's a fast movement Tuesday. The market's constantly changing. You must have some financial investment questions. So I'm here. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Dan from Wisconsin. I had a quick question for you guys. I was interested in uh, Ameriprise Financial. That's uh, ticker symbol AMP. I like it a lot. I'm interested in buying this. Uh, what do you guys think of it? And what do you think a good buy point would be? It's Right now, it's kind of consolidating. I'm just wondering uh, what your opinion is. Thank you very much. Okay, Ameriprise Financial Inc., symbol AMP, provides personalized Financial planning, advisory, and brokerage services to individual as individuals and businesses. It's a $30 billion company, so it's a pretty good size. They've earned more money every year for many, many years. That uh, They've been very consistent. Whenever I say that to you, in your head should be, well, they probably have a higher PE because they're so consistent. Okay? So, and this is not a very strong growth company they're growing but not very strongly so it's it's not necessarily a growth company so and i said when i say that to you you should say well that means the p is probably going to be low so there's conflicting statements there the average pe for the last five years for this company is four to 17 that is not the definition of a growth company 17 is pretty low pe 
So it's not really a growth company, as I said. The PE right now is 11. They're going to make $28 next year. So that means the PE is going to be about 10 next year. So that's not really that low. And they only pay a 1.8% dividend. And so it's not really that attractive to me because it doesn't pay a great dividend, even though it's very consistent earnings money every year. Uh, the highest they've ever been, they were at $312 a share. And that was, you know, beginning of the year. And you're right, they are consolidating, but I just don't think it's cheap enough. Or, and they don't pay a high enough dividend to be that attractive. Return equity is very good at 47%. This is a very solid company. Don't misunderstand me that I think it's a bad company. No, it's a good company. It's not bad. It's a very strong company. I just think, you know, it got down to about, what, 220? Let's see if I can get the exact number. $219.99, so $220. If it got back down to there and bounced off again, because it did that just a month or so ago, I'd be very attractive at that point. That's what I would do. Let's go to Eric in Orlando. Hi, Eric. Uh, hi, Steve. Um, I just have a general question. Anybody to help off the market, you know, sure. this last two Days of rally, is it just like, you know, temporarily or the market hit the bottom, you think? It could be a bottom. That's one of the things I was going to talk about today. That it, it, you know, usually a bottom is really much easier to see when you, when you have what we call capitulation. And that would be when the market collapses, the Dow is down 1,000, 1,500 points with high volume. And usually that marks an exhaustive sell off. And that marks the bottom. Now, the question is, do we have anything like that? Well, we had some pretty big down days. And the month of September was a worst month in I don't know how many decades. A really bad month. So is that enough to say that the market is now at a bottom? And these two days, first two trading days of October, are we, are we, are we, are we on a mend? I might be a little early to say that, but it is very possible, Eric. It's possible that we've seen the bottom. It's very possible. Okay. And so when would you know? If you won't, you won't know until you look back six months from now and say, hey, that was the bottom because the market's up 20%. See, you don't know when it's happening. You don't. There's no bell they ring at the top or bottom of a market. What you should do so it's good is to slowly get in, right? Yeah, you should start moving into the market on those stocks that you have on your watches that you think, well, these are pretty good values. So even if the market's still going down, I still want to hold on to these. These are pretty good. So, you know, there's some stocks out there that are pretty reasonable price now. There's some in, even in the tech sector, I would, you know, some of the big blue chip tech sector, that they're at pretty reasonable prices. Maybe it's time to put your toe in the water now. Now, we might have a day tomorrow, I might go down 500 points, and that would be the day I invest a little bit, right? I mean, if that happens. Okay, great to so, hear. But I, I can't tell you for sure it's the bottom, but I can tell you that the probabilities are getting higher that it might be the bottom, okay? <laughs> Appreciate the call. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For yeah, thank you. It's really going to be up to the Fed, everybody. If the Fed decides to start seeing some other anecdotal information that maybe that the economy is slowing. 
And it might be instructive when we get the GDP numbers for the third quarter, but that won't be till the end of the month. And they'll be using that number to help decide what they're going to do with interest rates because their next month meeting is the first of November. So we'll see. Okay. Job openings report. Okay. Here's another little flag that maybe the economy is slowing. Had a bigger drop than expected in a, a, a two-and-a-half-year uh, – it hasn't dropped this much in two-and-a-half years. It dropped 1.1 million – this is new job openings, jobs available – to 10 million, point, 10.1 million. It dropped 1.1 million jobs to 10.1 million. Now – that's still a lot of jobs, people. Don't think that that's not. It's still, historically, it's the drop, the direction I'm talking about. It was a big drop, biggest drop in two and a half years. And the quit rate, remember we talked about the quit rate. That's when people quit their jobs. And the higher that rate is, the more confident they are about getting another job because they don't worry about it. They can get another job. And you don't have that confidence in a recession or economies is shrinking. The quit rate actually went up from 4.1 million to 4.2. So it's contradictory. Now, also I'll inform you that it's common to have contradictory numbers at a turning point or inflection point in the economy. So things are happening. Things are happening. And at the same time, we're moving into the best part of the, the stock market year. Last three months of the year and the first three months of the year. Is it going to happen this year? We'll see. Also, inventory orders. Okay, inventory. The report numbers came out today. Inventory. It was flat. But, I have a but to that. Flat, meaning it didn't go up. The inventory did not go up. But I have a but. Summer's over, everybody. The autumn holidays will be coming up fast. Keep in mind that while summer may have ended, I mean, while the market volatility has not, not summer ended, but of course winter has ended. Um, And volatility does not mean bad or good, as I've said many times. It just means you have to pay attention. You have to be, uh, get used to it and develop strategies for it. Okay. Understand your vol- you know, the volatility of your own portfolio. Vol- understand the, the, the risks that you're taking in your own portfolio. You know, and, uh, and understand your own personality and the type of risks are you're comfortable with. Now, if you have trouble with that, that's what we can help you with. KPP Financial can help you with that. Justin and I, uh, and I Justin Klein and I, Steve Pizza, can help you with that. To understand your risks. And tell you if you're taking enough risk, too much risk, based on your personality. We have little tools to help us do that. We'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio. Most money managers will take a look at your portfolio. We're no different. We've been happy to take a look at it. The difference that we are is that we won't tell you what you have to do. We won't try to sell you something. We won't try to convince you that you have to become a client. We don't do that. We would love you to be a client, but we're not that kind of people. Okay, but we will tell you how much risk you're taking and then whether or not you're you're you you should be doing what you're doing. We will tell you that. And some people don't like to hear that. <laughs> that happened to me. They don't want to hear it. Yeah, you know, I would say you're taking too much risk. You got too much of this or too much of that. 
I'm not going to get rid of any of my gold. I'm not going to get rid of my apple. I'm not saying get rid of it. Maybe you have too much. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know. (laughs) So we will help you. We want to help you. So send us an email. Go to our website, investtalk.com. Send us an email. Give us a call. We're in Irvine, California, between Orange County. I mean, we're in Orange County, between San Diego and L.A. counties. Be happy to meet with you. We can do it via the phone. We can do any any way, shape, or form you want to do it. We'll do it. Okay? So just go to investtalk.com. Okay. This is Investtalk, everybody. Hang on. We'll play another caller question next. The Investtalk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Investtalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, KPP Financial. Full disclosure, I'm a customer for the past three years. Any question financial, here's mine. Digital U.S. retail banking applications linking to an external account. Once inside the application, user is required to give the ID and password of the bank they are linking to via an anonymous data access provider. Is this safe or even wise to do? Is the ID password being stored? If so, where? And what is the data retention? Why would anyone want to give a password to an external institution in this day and age? Am I the only one questioning this? Thank you for the program and your service. Yeah, I would question that too. I would call up my bank and ask them why that my password is necessary. Okay, because usually it's not a password. You, if you're doing some kind of internal transfer, is a bank account number, the routing of the bank, the routing number, and the bank's numbers. You know, it's those kinds of things, not your personal password. Uh, that's that's that that bothers me too. That bothers me. Now it may be legit. If it isn't, you call a bank and and ask them. Okay, they'll tell you. Don't do it via email in case something's being routed to some scammer. You don't know that. I would call the bank, talk to the bank people. And if it's true that you have to give out a password to make a transfer or whatever you're doing from bank to bank, once you've completed that transaction, i go back and change my password. I wouldn't leave it. I wouldn't leave it the same password because, you know, it's out there. You're right. You don't need to... I have a... a uh, a legal size pad, a paper, line by line, of the number of username and passwords that I have. I must have 30, 30 of them, 30 plus. I don't know. So you know, no one's ever asked me for my password other than when I'm trying to sign into something that you use your password for. So I, I, I don't know if I, I, I it makes me nervous. Makes me a little nervous. Okay, let's get another caller in. 888-99-CHARTER is the number. Hi, guys. Uh, interested in your opinion on a medium cap company based out of Bermuda, G-O-G-L, Golden Ocean Group. Wanted to see if it's worth getting into and at what price. Also, is that dividend sustainable? Thanks for all that you do. Uh, the answer on the dividend is no. Uh, Ocean Golden Ocean Group out of Bermuda. 
It's a tanker company, and they are very, very volatile. Earnings, sales, extremely volatile, okay? Uh, this one has seaborne transportation of uh, dry bulk cargo, okay? They're going to make $2.23 this year after making two seventy three dollars last year and a dollar sixty next year. So profits are going down. The dividend yield is listed at 34.9%. That's not happening. It's an $8.16 stock. That's just not in the cards. Return on equity is 32%, and the P-E ratio is really low. But that's because these kind of companies, year they go several years losing money, then they make money, lots of money, and then they lose a lot of money. So they deserve the P-E ratio. Don't fall in love with a, you know, a very low P-E. Don't, because not on tanker companies. Not on tanker companies. Uh, you'll notice it's fallen from 14 down to 8. It should find support around 6. But it would not surprise me if it goes down to 4. Remember, that's a 50% cut from here. So, yeah, remember the type we're in, where, where we are in the economic cycle? This is not the time to buy tankers. Not. Good question, though. Thank you for the question. Okay, uh, we can try to fit one more in if you want to. Let's go ahead. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I'm calling about big lots, symbol B-I-G. Wanted to get your opinion on this stock as the price is pretty low. Looks like a good price to buy. What is your stock valuation? Looking forward to hearing your answer about this stock. Okay, be very careful. I like big lots, but their earnings are just it's pretty tough. They operate 1,431 discount stores in 47, 47 states. Uh, their stores offer brand names, closeouts, and other value-priced goods. Okay, I like the fact that they're a discount store. They're going to lose four dollars and fifty-five cents this year. That's uh, next year, two thousand twenty-three. Okay, and this year they've they've already closed their fiscal year. They made five dollars and thirty-three cents. Next year they're going to lose four dollars and fifty-five cents. That's why the stock fell from sixty down to eighteen right now, because that's really bad. Next year, they're scheduled to make 70, 2024. When I say next year, their fiscal next year, you know, 2024, they're going to make 72 cents a share. So it's an $18 stock. What kind of PE would you give seven, uh, 72 cents a share? Well, I wouldn't give it a very high PE. Let's give it a market PE, 15. Stock is what, 11 12 $13? That's the value? I'd be careful with it. Be careful. This is Invest.com CPs, and we have one goal here to help you build your financial freedom future. Let us help you. 888-99 chart. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99Chart. 888 992 Let's talk to uh, Taylor in Philadelphia. Taylor. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I was calling today to ask you about uh, GT Goodyear Tire. I have a very small position, and I uh, 
I'm looking at it as sort of a way to get exposure to the auto industry without buying an automaker. I know everybody's got to put tires on their car. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a brand mode it has. I don't know if people really care where they get their tires, but it seems incredibly cheap. It looked like it had somewhere south of a 4 PE. Could you uh, take a look at it for me? Yeah, you're right about the PE. It is really, really low. Um, and sales are increasing pretty decently. Um, it's an $11.59 stock. It's going to make $2.60 next year after making two hundred three this year. And, of course, Goodyear, GT, makes tires and rubber-related chemicals for transportation and industrial market. Uh, they have been as low as five. In the COVID low, it was like five. So don't think it can't go lower. It can. It's got as high as 23. I think it's a, a pretty good price here. The only the return on equity is 14%, which is pretty high. No dividend. Uh, it's a $3.2 billion company. Uh, it's pretty economic. Economic. It's sensitive to the economic cycle. Pretty sensitive to that. Uh, so the question is, are we moving into a slower time for auto sales? And, of course, that will impact them no matter what happens. But it is at a pretty low price. Um, and I think around $10.30 to $11, it's $11.59, that's very strong support. It's not going below that. So I think you could, if you get a down day tomorrow or the next day, if you wanted to add to it because it's just really small part of your portfolio and you want to have a fuller position, there'd be nothing wrong with that at this price. But you might okay. have to wait. Awesome. For, Thank you. Thank you for the call. You might have to wait for an economic upturn because I'm sure it'll go back into the 20s, but it might take a while. But just be patient. You'll be fine. I mean, if it goes into the 20s, yeah, that's a 100% return. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the call. Thank you. That was a good year, everybody. Okay, uh, Micron Technology. They were deciding they're, they, they're going to build a huge factory complex, going to spend $100 billion for chip factories. And they were deciding between upstate, somewhere upstate New York or somewhere near, um, not Houston, Austin, Austin Texas. And they picked New York. Now, when I read that, I said, why would they do that? Wouldn't it be cheaper in Texas? Aren't the taxes cheaper? And you would be absolutely wrong. Property taxes were much more expensive in Texas than in upstate New York. That surprised me. Also, the upstate New York, they're going to give them a $5.5 billion Incentive. I don't know if it's, they didn't say it was tax incentive. I just assumed it was a tax incentive. Whereas uh, Texas was going to give them some incentives, but not that kind of numbers. Uh, so they decided on New York. This is a $100 billion complex, people. They said they're going to take them 15, 20 years to build it out. That, that's huge. That's very big. And by the way, they're, they're from... I think it's Idaho or Iowa, one of those. That's where their, their home office is. Anyways, so I thought that was a pretty interesting decision, and I was super surprised that property tax would be more in Texas than in New York. But it might be just because of these, you know, big uh, $5.5 billion offering. What I liked about it is they're doing it here in the U.S. instead of overseas which has been the 
the story for years and years and years, right? Build factories overseas because it's a lot cheaper. And maybe Invest our, talk. Maybe the economics of the thing has turned around. In other words, maybe the U.S. is place to be. Hope so. Hope that continues. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investile program. Dustin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you do download it to iTunes, we would appreciate you, a rating, appreciate you rating us. Give us a rating. Of course, we like positive ratings, but you know, we'd like you to do the rating. Positive ratings help our profile and helps us spread the word. We like that. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.